coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. If I had to pick out one thing like that was really instrumental to our success, it was, you know, how we got started with my business partner, Aaron, who I mentioned, who's a YouTuber. That was really like enormously helpful to grow the business, right? Because the challenge that any company has, whether or not you're selling like chocolates or coffee or, you know, fill in the blanks like socks, um, any consumer product where you're shipping directly to customer. I mean, the problem that everybody has in the, in the, in the, is like having a voice in the market, right? I mean, it's really, 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 really hard to have a voice in any market. Like, you know, and if you're just coming on, you know, you know, Matt Shields coffee company, mm-hmm. like how do you get any traction at all? And so unless you, unless you have an, a, a mechanism to, to create a voice in the market, um, it's really hard. It's super, super hard. So I think like the one, you know, it, it, it's all of the answers. It's all of the above. But if there was one thing, it was really the genius of of my business partner, Aaron Marino, and his ability to have a voice in the marketplace and really start talking about our brand on his channels and with his consumers. And that really took us to, you know, a certain level. The downside, if there is any, and I say this, fully lovingly, because it's not much of a downside, but the downside is, is that, you know, you get to a certain point where you can only go so far with that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, you have to take the training wheels off and actually, you know, develop, continue to develop your business. And, um, and it gets incredibly difficult. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Hi, I'm Kelly Thornton with Tej Hanley. I'm the founder and CEO, and we're trying to make as many men look and feel amazing as possible through our simplified skincare systems. Dinner table uh, as a child, uh, unfortunately, was fairly quiet and a bit lonely, actually. And the reason why is my parents um, were separated. My father worked a lot and uh, um, and then actually early on moved from Maryland, where I was born uh, and raised, to uh, Pennsylvania and eventually Connecticut. So it was a little quiet. My mother uh, was had a very um, successful professional career. She was in real estate and she sold antiques uh, in wholesale. And so there was uh, there's a lot of people out working. And so I spent a lot of time at home with my sister eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for dinner. <laughs> yep, yep. No, love it. What, and would you say that you had any type of entre- entrepreneurial influences growing up at all? Or is this... You know, obviously, you know, I, I guess on the real estate side of things, you know, that's pretty entrepreneurial itself. But, um, but anything come to mind, you know, as something you could hang your hat on is like, yeah, that that probably did influence me. Yeah, that's. I've never actually. I, I love the question, Matt, because I've never really thought about it um, in the early days of 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 my childhood. So, I don't know if there's anything that really influenced me there. I started my own business in high school. I started a painting company. And so, um, you know, and I think that was just, 
the same way a lot of entrepreneurs get into their first business and they're probably frustrated or saw that there was a need in the market for a service or a product that they provided and they thought that they could do it, you know, better than the competition. And I think that's how I got started. You know, I was working for a sn another small company that seemed to be crazily disorganized. And I said, you know, I could, I, I probably don't need to get paid from someone else's hand. I could just you know, go out and start something myself. Yeah. So that's how, that's how it started. It was, it was pretty early on, you know, I was very motivated to kind of have my own business. And um, that was, I actually had a lot of fun in, in the benefit of it. And it wasn't like, it wasn't planned out strategically, but it did allow me to, you know, graduate debt-free from college and have some money in my pocket, um, which helped a lot eventually getting married and um, being able to, you know, help, uh, you know, start a very a great life with my wife financially, um, you know, early on. So I think like I'm very, very, very fortunate um, the way things started for me. Yeah. And I, I feel like you're you're kind of shortchanging yourself a little bit too, because, you know, I feel like a lot of people do go through that exact transition, but, you know, you did it so young as well, where, you know, you kind of recognize like, you know, I could do this better, right? That yeah. it's something that a lot of people don't necessarily um, you know, maybe ever even get to, right. But, you know, they, they come to that conclusion and they take that step forward and, you know, again, you just did it in high school. So yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, I think like, so, so the question you're asking is, is like, uh, an interesting, and I, maybe I, I, I didn't think about it necessarily the right way, which is like, you know, the influence, what influenced you early on to be an entrepreneur. And I think, um, may, maybe it wasn't like a, another specific entrepreneur as much as it was, um, just how I was wired as, as a, as a person and kind of, um, you, you know, really passionate about um, my career and, and really passionate about working hard. And I think there were some things early on, we just talked about um, kind of the sad, sad little Kelly sitting in a table by himself, but, but my parents did teach me the value very, very early on of hard work. Um, and it was probably, it was probably a bit out of necessity because my mother seemed to, and I never actually confirmed this with her, but she seemed to give me a tremendous amount of work around the house, um, like right when I came home from school, and she was very demanding that I got it done. And I, I think the reason of it, my, I thought it was self-serving that she wanted me to, she wanted to know where I was after school. And mm -hmm. she knew that if she gave me a lot of work and asked me to do it, that I'd probably be, you know, staying out of trouble. So, you know, that was, that's my hypothesis. So, you know, getting early, like starting early on with getting used to working really hard is also, I think another thing that, you know, probably encourages people to become entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So, so what happened next, right? You, you, you said you went to college and, you know, you graduated with no debt, but you know, what was kind of your next steps after you graduated? Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, right out of, Right out of college, um, I was very interested in in pursuing a career in sales, and I was kind of doing. This was eighty nine, ninety. I was kind of interested in technology, and there wasn't like a lot of technology in, on my radar. But um, I, IBM. I was in. I went to University of Connecticut, and I graduated from University of Connecticut. Um, and you know, IBM recruited there, and that was kind of like the technology play. Um, I ended up with um, getting a job with a company called NCR. They were making POS systems for um, like restaurants. You know, you go to your, your chain, you know, uh, 
you know, TGI Fridays or Red Lobster, they were making the POS systems. And then they eventually got into these big ATM machines and everybody probably mm-hmm. sees the NCR, remembers the NCR logo oh, yeah. on, on, on. Um, but so I, I really wanted to be, you know, in technology and in sales. And, um, but my, my career actually, before I even entered and I accepted a position, I was going to work in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, but before I even actually, uh, I, I did accept that position. By the way, I don't recommend this to anybody. I think it's kind of a, a not a good sign of character, but I ended up t- taking the job. But over Christmas, and I was going to start in January over Christmas, I was um, interviewing with my father's business. He didn't own the business, but he he worked for a French company um, in New York. And he said, hey, why didn't you interview like to sell merchandising with the business I'm in? Mm-hmm. And I'm like thinking to myself, well, you never even mentioned it, right? I don't, I don't know, like if people, you know, how fathers and sons, families get into to, to business together. But um, I, I ended up, I ended up taking that job, and it was so I couldn't pass up the opportunity. There was a new tra- sales training program going on with a half dozen people, and I was able to join it in January. I had to call up NCR and tell them I wasn't coming. They were um, really disgusted with me as they, as they should have been, but I ended up started in New York selling merchandising and, um, had a really great, and then went back to that very corporate mentality, which I value a lot because I got, I, I think I learned a lot from working for big companies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so as you went through that transition, where did the, you know, the skincare line come from? Did you do any, like create anything first before that that led into the skincare line? Or is this something that again, you know, scratching your own itch, right? Like you had this need and didn't see anything yeah. in the market and you know, you, you decided to do something about it. Yeah. Well, ironically, I've just fallen perfectly in line with the story. I, I, I sold merchandising. My original customers were primarily, um, publishers in New York. Mm-hmm. So the Stephen King books and um, like Sports Illustrated and all these things that I was originally selling merchandising to publishing companies. Um, and then uh, very shortly after that, and actually Philip Morris uh, on, on Park Avenue at 46th Street was another customer of mine, which actually I, I, I didn't earn, but I inherited from uh, the owners of the company and helped manage the business, help, help manage our business with Philip Morris. And um, that Philip Morris said that they were moving their merchandising buying to Connecticut, uh, to, to Chicago, pardon me. And, um, so my, uh, the owner of the company, again, I was supporting him in the account said, you're going to Chicago to, um, to work on, on this book of business. It's so important for our company. We, you're going to Chicago. And he said it jokingly, and I ended up and ended up in Chicago, um, trying to look after the Philip Morris business, which actually never materialized. I never was successful there, but there was another great company in Chicago, and it took actually several years before I did business with them. The name of the company is uh, was Helene Curtis, and um, and they were founded by a, a family in Illinois called the Gidwitz family, and it was a multi billion dollar hair care business. Um, and they 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 weren't really into skincare, but they were really into hair care. And some of the brands you might remember like Finesse. Um, and Sun Silk, and then the Suave brand that they created. But they also had many other professional lines of hair care brands. Like, uh, I can't remember them all off the time I had like Schwarzkopf or something like this. So I really was introduced early on um, in my career to like personal care and beauty through Helene Curtis, which was eventually purchased by Unilever. And then I really spent a lot of time um, understanding w- with my work with Unilever merchandising, like, um, 
you know, personal care products for men. And, and they owned like at the time, Elizabeth Arden and was kind of really involved in all that stuff. And they wanted to take um, Suave and make uh, skincare and products and, and body care products and Dove, Dove plus men care. And, and really it kind of, I kind of learned a lot about personal care products um, through my experiences with my customers. And I just loved the marketing aspect. I loved everything about, you know, personal care as a, as a, as a category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and how did all of that, you know, factor into you ultimately creating your own skincare line? Obviously, that kind of gave you the foundation, but where, yeah. where was that catalyst from? Well, so then I started my second business in 2009. I started a company called Purchase Point. And what we were doing when, when I was with my previous company, which was that I mentioned several times, which was International Paper, uh, Division of International Paper, um, called Shorewood Packaging, we were, um, we, we were working with Unilever to design and manufacture in-store point-of-sale displays um, systems, POP systems. I created in 2009 a company called Purchase Point. And what we focused on was the the marketing strategy and the in-store shopper marketing strategy around what it takes to convert a a shopper via, via, at a retail environment, via in-store stimulus, like signage and displays and shelf systems and stuff like that. So my first customer, when I created Purchase Point, was Unilever. And eventually I started doing work for Unilever in London in their corporate, in their global office uh, in Victoria Bankment in London, downtown in central London. Those guys were very, very, very interested in the male skincare category and the male category in general. It was, it was basically Dove and Axe versus Gillette. Um, and it was like, really, who who could dominate in the in the men's um, Gillette and Old Spice, which was P&G, their competitors, mm-hmm. who could really dominate in, you know, in the men's personal care space. And so they gave me a global education, taking me all over Asia and South America um, with my company Purchase Point to really help them understand the psychology of the of the of the male consumer around personal care products and skincare and face care products mm-hmm. so that's that ignited it for me and then i just saw in particularly my visits with them in southeast asia how massive of a market it is and i just realized how guerrilla style us americans you know men were when they started thinking about taking care of themselves versus really kind of the rest of the world. I mean, in, 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 in South America, you know, men were much more concerned about how they looked. Um, and, in, and even in Western um, Europe, or Eastern Europe, it was guys were really concerned about how they looked. And I, I knew it was just a matter of time for skincare to get, get popular here. And for us Neanderthals in America to, to learn that we could actually wash our face and it would improve our skin. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's interesting that, you know, that was kind of the, the, I, I guess the way the rest of the world was, um, you know, looking at their own personal care. And I feel like, uh, you know, there's, uh, I guess, an element of, you know, that machismo, you know, here right. in the U.S., like, oh, I don't need that. I'm, you know, this, that, that's not me or, or, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's not something that I would feel comfortable with. And, and, uh, you know, that, that obviously has started to change probably in the last, what, last five years? I mean, five, maybe I, for sure years? five. I mean, it's, it's probably been gone on a bit longer, but, you know, it's, it's really crazy because you think in South America, you know, and I'm not trying, not, not trying to stereotype at all here, but uh, you think in South America that there would be more like there'd be the guys that would be less adverse of taking care of themselves is, is actually not 
case at all. Mm -hmm. I, I think there, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, how, how they're how they're raised, right, and the impact of of the mother and the family. Um, again, I'm I may be generalizing or stereotyping just a little bit here, but you know, it's like American men just aren't taught about like self care at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know we just, we just didn't, we just don't learn any, we haven't learned anything about why it's important to take care of yourself. And so in the last 10 years, and then actually with purchase point, we were doing, we were in basically three segments of the market. We were in personal care, OTC pharma and confection, confection, uh, basically candy and, and dog mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. Um, Mars was a huge global customer of, of purchase points. And, um, it was, it was probably, you know, at least a decade ago that these big pharma companies kept on coming to purchase point with projects around personal care. And I was like, it took me a couple of years, uh, excuse me, self-care. It took me a couple of years to like understand what was going on here. But it, I, I think a lot of it is like the healthcare systems and everything that was going on in like, you know, 2008, 2009 with Obamacare and like taking more personal accountability for your mm -hmm. own health and, you know, understanding that in, insurance, you know, that the, the system's never going to be able to support, you know, the, the financial burden that could potentially put on it. So people, not just men, but, it, you know, people, uh, and I, I say that because we're a men's skincare company, you know, need to start investing more and in taking care of themselves. And if they do, they could reduce the burden on, you know, on society with, with the cost of, of, of healthcare. So I think like, that that actually started really coming into clarity for me in in like 2000 you know 10 12 in that time frame but it took me a couple of years to really fully wrap my head around what was going on but the concept of self care is like huge right now and i, mm -hmm. I that total wave i don't think has even hit our shores yet. Yeah. I think people are like, you know, it's going to take another 10 years for people to really just try to embrace this, um, this idea that it's super important. It's, it's the, it's good. The, it's the individual responsibility to totally take care of your health and yeah. to make healthcare decisions. And it's, you know, and probably it was probably COVID had, um, you know, yeah. is, is going to hyper is going to, you know, throw steroids on, on the whole movement, but we're just, we're just a part of the conversation. T. Hanley is just part of the conversation about men taking care of themselves. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, so talk about the, uh, you know, the process of actually creating the skincare line. I mean, did you, were you involved in all of these other companies, you know, actually with product development and, you know, the solutions and all of that, or how did you, how did you find the right you know, distributors are the right uh, manufacturers to be able to, you know, uh, create the 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 formulas for you and and all of that. Like that's that, that sounds like you know for someone who doesn't have a you know background in that, that sounds like incredibly difficult, complicated to be able to figure out how to you know how to go about creating anything like that. Yeah. Well, that, so. I, the, the the very very short answer is we created all our own formulas and we own wow. uh, and we have all, all of our all the rights and proprietary formulas that, uh, that we created that we sell the products that we sell we we owned the the opposite of that is that anybody um you know you could you could have a, a matt shields figure you know fill in the blank skincare hair care company like in five or six months, you could go out to a contract manufacturer who already has developed products and then you could just slap your label on it. And a lot of companies do that, yeah. um, you know, and 
want to sound like I look down my nose at that. And, and there are business cases to, to, to start a company that way. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've connected with hundreds of extremely successful entrepreneurs. We've interviewed multimillionaires, a few billionaires, top marketers, technologists, brokers, and so, so many more. Many of our guests have even landed on the Fortune 5000 or even the 500 list on at least one occasion. These people are doers, and these are the type of leaders that you want to be connected with and learn from. This whole thing started because I know that the fastest way to success was following others who have done what I'm looking to do first. We created Pass the Secret Sauce so that we could get our own business questions answered and that we could get access to the best minds in business. You see, entrepreneurs are my people, and I truly enjoy connecting with and learning from other successful business owners, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling this 99 Entrepreneurs Strong, and it's a community of like-minded business owners just like you who want to learn from and connect with other business owners to create generational wealth together. 99 Entrepreneur Strong is a community of individuals just like you who want to strengthen their business, learn what techniques are generating revenue for other business owners, and perhaps even collaborating on future projects and products. The goal is to get your business growing so that you can begin creating generational wealth. As you probably know by now, we invest in large multifamily opportunities, and we want to help our network of entrepreneurs be able to do the same. Some of my best friends are business owners, and it's so much fun being able to create opportunities and grow together. With 99 Entrepreneurs Strong, you'll be able to network with people from all sections of industry, from investors looking to deploy capital to new opportunities, project managers looking for investors, marketing experts, contractors, mindset gurus, manufacturers, and so, so much more. I've been at this entrepreneur role for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one business work. And the 99 Entrepreneur Strong Community is my attempt to shorten your learning curve to get you plugged into leading experts that you need fast. All this so that you can generate the capital to invest in other passive income opportunities, such as multifamily. Unlike other groups, 99 Entrepreneur Strong is a private organization that you have to apply for. Once you're approved in the group, we will match you with other entrepreneurs who we feel you will connect with. We hold monthly mastermind sessions where members will present their business story, what they need, and what they may be struggling with. And the group will offer suggestions, resources, or solve the business problems together. We also will hold other framework sessions throughout the month where other 99 Entrepreneur Strong members will present what they are currently doing in their own companies. Every session will be recorded and added to the library so you will have access to these resources whenever you need them. When you grow your business with scale, you can also impact other areas that are important to you. With the 99 Entrepreneur Strong Project, combined with our portfolio of multifamily assets and network of other entrepreneurs, our personal impact project is to eradicate the euthanasia of dogs. It's a lofty goal, but I know we can have huge impacts when we join together. 
So by applying to be a member of 99 Entrepreneurs Strong, you'll learn how to make your business grow with tactical advice. You'll network and personally partner with other extremely successful individuals. You'll learn about other generational wealth building opportunities. And perhaps the biggest impact is that you'll help eradicate dog euthanasia. With that, I look forward to meeting you, learning from you, and helping you grow. To learn more, go to 99entrepreneurstrong.com. We didn't start that company that way. We started it through developing our own products. But to, to your specific part of your question about like, you know, like how do you do that when you know nothing about it, which I did, I'm not a chemist. Um, I, as I described, I started in like in selling uh, merchandising and understanding in store. Um, there's, there's a book that I just read called How to Think Like, Think like a Rocket Science by Vorhol, uh, V-A-R-O-L, Vorhol. And um, he talks about, uh, basically, I'm, I, I'm probably not going to have it exactly right, but he talks about like, kind of like first mover advantage and, and basically like the advantage that someone has when they have no prior knowledge to trying to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and there's something so freeing about that, right? Like what you don't know, which yeah. is like nothing, you know, nothing about doing this is, is, is a real strong advantage, can be a real strong advantage when you go to do things like develop your own products, because you, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you just, you don't know anything. You're not asking about regulations. You're not asking about clean formulas. You're not asking about the chemistry that goes into it. You're not talking about, you know, you're not asking questions about stability in the packaging and, you know, you're not thinking about different types of packaging and the orifice of the of of of, of the, the top and how the product's going to spit out and you know whether or not it's going to spit out in a cake or you know a, a, a nurdle format. I mean, you just don't know anything. And there's some there's there's something beautiful about that. You know, so if you're going to try to tackle a big complex task, there's something there's something. I don't, I'm not saying I recommend this process, but it's there's something very clear pure about it. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that, and I, I feel like the way that a lot of people get into entrepreneurialism is again sort of like what you originally said, like you know you, you're you're painting, um, you know this. I, I know I can do this better, right? And you already have all of the skills, you already know everything, and and you almost get in your own way, right? Where you're you know that this is the way that it should be done and and you know, I'm just going to go and do go in and do it myself right and you end up you know into that role of you know you become a you basically become you, you create a job for yourself right and right. i feel like that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do because they have this background where they understand you know how to do everything but you know and and in that process they they break it down and they you know try to be as effective as they possibly can but they they're too in the weeds they're too in the minutia whereas like you're saying if you know, you don't know what you don't know. You're you're kind of going along the lines and you know directing people the way that it, entrepreneurialism entrepreneurialism should be. Like you you shouldn't be in there doing everything yourselves. And and you know it's because you don't necessarily even know. Like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And, yeah, I mean, and, you just you just know. you're just grinding it out. You yeah. know, you're just you're just you're just tackling it and and just trying to and trying to trying to solve problems and 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 come up with something that you you yourself are proud of and you think you can sell. You know, and you think addresses a problem. So it, you know, it is there's a lot of purity to it. And um, you know, we we did get you know I give homage to um, my business partner Rob, and and we actually have a chemist who's a very small a partner in the business, and. Um, you know, and we didn't know anything about chemistry. He just said he could make stuff. And, you know, and we didn't even know there's, you know, like it's when 
you know, chemists, designers, there's like 30 different types of designers. Yeah. Like, do you design bridges? Do you design buildings? Do you right. design, you know, logos? Like, are you, do you design websites? Like, um, and so it's the same thing with chemists. And we actually just by sheer luck um, ended up bringing on a chemist that knew exactly what was going on in skincare. So there was, there was a lot of luck there too. Yeah. Interesting. And, and from the, the, you know, kind of the branding perspective, obviously you probably came in more because of your, you know, your, your point of purchase experience and all of that, but talk a little bit about how you established what that brand's you know, was like in the first days, like what was, is there, is there an exercise that you, that you sort of went through to be able to establish what the, what the brand was going to look like so that you could communicate that to others? Because again, I feel like that this is something where, you know, people sort of fall down at this, at this stage where they don't necessarily know even how to, how to communicate all of these, um, you know, all these elements, like I can see all the packaging and everything in, in the backpack there, like, Talk a little bit about that 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 branding and you know that look and feel of of the product and how you arrived at that you know at that yeah. end. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I had been very lucky because I had a lot of experience with in store, so I'd been looking at at packaging and in store, like how products look for a long time. We, by the way, are not in store; we're only available at tige.com mm-hmm. and on Amazon. Um, eventually, you know, I think we'll have a retail presence. But so I already had in my mind like what I felt you know, the brand should physically look like. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I had that in my mind. But what's more important is, um, I think is like, what what does a brand stand for? You know, what is a brand all about? What's our voice? Like where, Mm -hmm. and and then uh, like, and also not not only about what the package will look like, but the problem we were trying to solve. So we're, we're trying to make it easy for guys to get into skincare. So that was the thesis that we came up with in 2015, Mm -hmm. when we first started noodling around this idea that we just like want to make it very like easy for guys to get into this category that most men just really weren't engaged in at all. And, um, and, you know, like, for whatever reason, you know, skincare and beauty is like really complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, part of it is it's complicated because there's so much ignorance from, you know, about it. Like, what is a toner? Like, what is a BB tint? What, you know, what, what is a, a clarifying cream versus a regular cream and SPF versus a non-SPF and nighttime or light daytime, blah, 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 blah. Foaming versus non-foaming sulfates. So we just, um, we just wanted to make it easy. So when we, when it came to the brand, I had a visual idea of what I wanted the brand to look like. And we were solving the problem of making it, um, you know, skincare uncomplicated for men. So that, that like kind of came together as kind of our overarching kind of theme is uh, uncomplicated skincare for men. Um, and then the most important part uh, is, you know, how we talked about ourselves and presented ourselves as a brand. And that all came from my um, third partner, uh, our YouTube, who's a YouTube influencer, Aaron Marino. And Aaron is like an expert at, um, you know, communicating to people about what they should be doing with, you know, get, you know, what's the, get the look, get the, how to wear the hands, how to act at the date, how to, you know, prepare for an interview and, and all of this stuff. So he had a very, um, a very specific voice about how, and, and that voice is very, is very truthful and is very empathetic. Um, and, and which is made, which is why Aaron Marino and, and his channel Alpha M is so he's so successful is because he really, he really can dial into how people think and feel. So we, we really took that kind of whole positioning from Aaron and, and, and inculcated it into our brand. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. When you were going down the path, and and maybe this is just an evolution thing, like you mentioned before. Right now, you're you're not in any retail outlets. You're you're DTC, you know, directed to consumer, you know, brands. Talk a little bit about that decision and what that you know what that means, you know, f- what you need to do from a fulfillment standpoint, and how you know how that whole, uh, I guess, decision impacts the business and, and you know again what what all is involved in essentially a direct con- to consumer um deliverable you know delivery yeah. of your 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 system so i'm a slight bit of a control freak and and so like i think most direct to consumer brands get to a point where they they just want to be involved on the marketing side of things um and so I'm, our company is like goes pretty deep into our supply supply logistics and um you know where we get our products from how we source them how much american content is in our products but we actually also we also warehouse fulfill and distribute our products internally oh, wow. at, at our company which is you know it's it's kind of a unique thing and it wasn't completely intentional like in the early days we were doing it ourselves it was like you know my wife and my children myself sure. were packing boxes at night and during the weekends and, um, and we have great pictures up on the wall, uh, you know, of our main office about, you know, some of those days. Um, but what I really wanted to k- kind of outsource most of this operational and co- contract packing and fulfillment. Um, and I always thought that we would when we got to a certain part, but with a certain point of really in volume, like if once we ship, you know, 500 boxes, a thousand boxes a day, you know, you know, et cetera, et cetera, we would, we, we would outsource it, but it never materialized for us. We always wanted to make sure that when we put product in a box, fulfilled an order, you know, and and put the label on it, that we would be the last ones touching that box um, before it gets to to our consumer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't want to have anybody else like control that process because they're going to want to take costs out of it and cheapen our box. And they're going to want to tell us that we can't put stuff in there because it adds too much labor. And, you know, we can't do this and we can't make a change, you know, uh, prior to, you know, a week ahead of time. And I mean, we, right before I walked in here, we're running a, a, our holiday program where we thank all of our customers by giving them a free item in the box, every customer. And we give different levels of, of thank you gifts in, in our box. It's our product. We give other product depending on what they're buying. And, um, you know, we just ran out of one of the top products that I wanted to, to give away some of our top tier guys. And, you know, 30 minutes ago, we just decided that we're going to pivot and do something else. And so we're packing boxes this afternoon, then it's going to go with this something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just can't, you don't have that type of most DTC companies don't fulfill their own. And when they're get, when they get larger, they don't fulfill their own boxes, but we do. And, you know, I think it's important. Yeah, that's really, I, and I completely agree and can see the value in, um, you know, being that, that last person, you know, even from quality control standpoint, right. You, you know, you know, exactly processes and systems, you know, who packed boxes and where, what the issues might've been or the reasons why this happened or that happened yeah. or whatever it is. Right. So you can kind of, you know, you can control that entire process. So that makes, that makes perfect sense. And I was actually expecting you to say like, you know, we, you know, Amazon is the person who fulfills everything and, you know, or some type of, you know, packaging company. So I'm, I'm yeah. really surprised that, you know, you, you went on that path to, to do all that yourself. That's, yeah, that's it's really- funny because we have like, um, 
on the fulfillment side of our business, you know, we have actually like, you know, right. You, you actually like not only pack the box and everything else, but you, you know, put a shipping label on the box mm -hmm. and we'll have like, I'll, you know, and it's, it's actually, we're our, our marketing operations office on one side of the building and we're in a massive building, it's a whole city block. And on this other wow. side of the building is, is our, with storehouse warehouses, primary and secondary warehouse and co-packing co and outbound shipping. And, um, I, I was over, you know, I walk over there and, and, and my friend Matt uh, back there, you know, holds up the box and says, you see this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what's, what's up? And he's like, yeah, this guy lives right on the street that I grew up from. <laughs> he's like, he lives on the block that I live in, that I grew up in, you know? And, 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 and we see it all the time, like every single time, like, you know, yeah. This this guy in Maryland, like you know, lives next to the high school that my best friend went to. So yeah. uh, it's cool. It's cool being you know that connected to your customer. Yeah, yeah. And and from you know growing the the company to the level that you're at, what would you say is um, you know been been the most impactful elements to that growth? Uh, you know, would you say like marketing campaigns or whatever comes to mind? Is there one thing that you that you can say like, you know, this was a great move that we did this or that we you know, implemented this strategy or this system or or you you know, is it like all of the above? Like you're still trying whatever works. You know, we're going to do more of right. Like yeah. Well, it's all. I mean, look if there, if I had to pick out one thing like that was really instrumental to our success. It was, you know, um, how we got started with my business partner, Aaron, who I mentioned, who's a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. That was really like enormously helpful to grow the business, right? Because the challenge that any company has, whether you're selling like chocolates or coffee or, you know, fill in the blanks like socks, um, any consumer product where you're shipping directly to customer. I mean, the problem that everybody has in the, in the, in the, is like having a voice in the market, right? I mean, it's really, 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 really hard to have a voice in any market, like, you know, and if you're just coming on, you know, you know, Matt Shields coffee company, mm -hmm. like how do you get any traction at all? And so unless you, unless you have an, a mechanism to, to create a voice in the market, um, it's really hard. It's super, super hard. So I think like the one, you know, it, it, it's all of the answers. It's all of the above, but if there was one thing, it was really, the genius of of my business partner Aaron Marino and his ability to have a voice in the marketplace and really start talking about our brand on his channels and with his consumers and that really took us to you know a certain level um you know the the, the downside if there is any and I say this fully lovingly because it's not much of a downside but the downside is is that you know you get to a certain point where you can only go so far with that mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, you have to take the training wheels off and actually, you know, develop, continue to develop your business. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and it gets incredibly difficult. Yeah. And, and was, uh, was he, uh, I guess you can consider him an influencer. Was he an influencer? Did he have that voice prior to oh, yeah. coming on board? So we already had that. So, so then the yeah. next question would be, um, 
was this was this intentional? You know, did you basically uh, think of you know we need some type of an influencer, we need some t- you know someone who has a voice you know with these these customers, and did you seek him out, or was this yeah. you know kind of a happenstance introduction that hey this might work? Like how how did that work? How did that come yeah, together? Yeah, I, I don't know how often you talk about luck in business, right? It's a, it's a it's a funny conversation, right? You make your own luck, you know, where hard work leads to luck and all that stuff, and that and that, that all is true. There's no doubt you make your own luck. I mean, if we had we not called uh, Aaron um, and myself and Rob, who I mentioned before, you know, looking for someone to give us some guidance around, you know, is this a good idea? Would you help us talk about our brand mm-hmm. to your customers and everything else? Um, you know, that that was important, right? The luck part came in that Aaron was really interested in men's skincare. He was really, really interested. He had been thinking about this category as a category that he might be able to do something in. So that's where the luck part came in. Aaron was really engaged in the category and right place, right time, right? We connected with him when he was already talking about hair care because he has a hair, he he was just developing a hair care brand that was already on the market. He was on Shark Tank for that hair care brand called Pete and Pedro. And so he was really thinking about skincare. So it was very fortuitous, very lucky for us that we reached out to him, number one, and that's where we make our own luck. But the the, the luck is that he was really, really interested. So Mm -hmm. that was a great thing for us and for him, (laughs) big time for him. And, and, you know, sometimes people think that it's daunting or too difficult to be able to reach out to, you know, the people that they view as influencers and whatnot. Do you have any, you know, connection thoughts or or ways to kind of break through that 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 you know that wall or anything? Any anything that um, you know, might come to mind that you might be able to try today or that you've tried, you know, in the past uh, yeah. to be able to get through to those people that you're looking to get connected with? Yeah, I think most like a lot of people are more approachable than most consumers think. You know, or most business people think a lot of people are more approachable. You know, as you get up like the food chain, you know, I think um, I've been, you know, I've been trying to reach out to Charles Barkley about something. I can't connect with him to save my life. Yeah. You know, I've tried everybody I know. Um, Charles Barkley, if you're listening, could you please give me a call? There you go. Um, you never know. <laughs> you know, um, but so I, you know, but, but, but I, I think like even moderately famous people or moderately important, you know, say business people or whatever, um, you know, you probably could, you could probably connect with if you tried hard enough. I don't think it's that difficult. I've, I've connected with a lot of head of big businesses, you know, directly, um, you, you know, by just kind of reaching out um, and saying, Hey, I, I want to, you know, I want your advice on something. I want to help. I, I've got an idea or something like that. I've been, it's, I've been pretty lucky. So I, I can, I would encourage anybody now, look, be, be, be ready to, 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 you know, for them to say no and yeah. be ready to, you know, to have to reach out to 10 people to get, you know, maybe one to respond, but yep. it's not, it's not, it's not an insurmountable task at all. Yeah. And I, I feel like it should be said too, that for the most part, most people want to help other people and they want to, you know, be able to see other people succeed. And obviously there's, there's some of those people that, you know, fall on the other side, but you know, you catch even those people on the right day, you know, the right mood, you know, they, they might, you know, be willing to be able to help you know, as well. Right. So, so it's, yeah. it's, you know, keeping that in the back of your mind that, you know, this isn't, this isn't insurmountable. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen is they say, no, you know, move to the next person and, and keep, keep plugging forward. Yeah. You know? I, I completely agree. I think, 
if you believe that, you know, human nature of humans are generally, you know, built uh, to be, you know, helpful and nice, I, I would agree with that. You know, I mean, that you're going to run into plenty of people out there that aren't going to be interested in helping. But, you know, if you don't reach out, right? Yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know. Yeah, you, you almost start talking yourself and creating issues that might not ever might never ever be there so you might as well right. just go and do it and then find right. out if there's any issue there or not exactly. right you know? correct so 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 we've talked a lot about you know obviously creating the brand and whatnot but talk a little bit about what the what the products themselves do like you know some of the uh you know the success stories or you know before and after transfer transformations like talk about what you know what the product's done for people too like yeah what i mean some of those stories i i think that what product what the products do for people is what is probably one of the like most incredibly motivating you know things about our business like it's just incredible i actually have a really great i don't think i can play it i just got it yesterday and an unbelievable story uh it was from monday a, a, a connection with our customer experience team and one of our customers who talked about you know having challenges and how we helped them out over Christmas time. But, but to answer your question, I think like we probably get, I mean, we have a, over a thousand, you know, over a thousand interactions with our customers a day and our customer experience team. And we probably get like every single day, like people writing in about how their skin is improved. Like they, they, have, they have better, healthier skin, they get compliments. So th that's a really reaffirming part of our business. And we do try to do as much as we can to really help people like, you know, sticking with their root, their skincare routine. To answer your question, you know, we have basically like six core products, um, individual products. We, we basically sell three different systems and we sell, you know, an essential system, which is a face wash and a, a moisturizer, a couple different moisturizers and a, a, a twice a week face scrub. It's an exfoliating straight face scrub. And, um, and it's just really easy when you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you wash your face with our face wash mm -hmm. and, uh, you, you know, you put a, uh, basically like a pea size amount of facial moisturizer on our daily morning facial moisturizer has an SPF in it. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you live. It's been seven days of clouds here, but, um, you still get UVA, UVB in Chicago. It's seven days of cloud the last seven days. And, um, you still get UVA, UVB. So it has a very nice, um, small amount of SPF in it. At night, you brush your teeth again, you wash your face, you put a moisturizer on before you go to bed. If you, you know, not too tired and, and you will notice a difference in your skin, you know, in seven days, 12 days, you will notice a difference. So, and we get people that send us before and after pictures, like I said, regularly, like if not every day, every other day. Um, so it's, it's great to, you know, it's great to, to see how our, our products like impact people. It what, and what people do is get, they get compliments a lot. They'll be like, Matt, you, you know, your skin looks good. Like, what, are, did you cut your hair? Like, what are you yeah. doing different? And, and you're like, I'm just washing my face and putting a moisturizer on. So we, we have an essential system has those four products and we have two other advanced systems. One's got an eye cream and one has an eye cream plus a serum plus those core products. And then we have some kind of what we call non-face, non-core face products like bar soaps and body washes and deodorants, lip balms, body lotion, and um, and a, an unbelievable product uh, that's a below the belt powder that um, is absolutely flying off the shelves. We sell thousands of them in the last few weeks. So yeah. it yeah, th those are our products. Yeah. 
Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. Um, if people want to learn more about you, your products, your services, what would be the best way to, to reach out and, and get in touch? Yeah. If they want, if they want to reach out to me and they have a you know question about business or anything, I really do welcome that and try to make time for everybody. And they can reach me at uh, Kelly Thornton. That's K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N at uh, LinkedIn. Or um, they can go to teach.com and check out all our products. You know, we have, I, last time I looked, there were 7,000 some reviews of our products on, um, you know, on teach.com. They can go to, they go to Amazon if they want and, and check out our hundreds and hundreds, thousands of reviews on Amazon. So, um, you know, we'd love, love for them to engage with our website. We make it really easy for guys to get into skincare. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You're, you're doing, uh, I, I love the niche and, and it's, it's, uh, really interesting when you're, you know, when you're able to, to take, you know, that type of uh, a category and sort of just explode, you know, you know, come, come, you're at the right place at the right time. And, and, Correct. uh, you know, being able to, you know, just grow that into the brand that it's become is, is really, really cool. So thanks for taking the time and, and telling that story. So really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.